Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again. We have an episode today that I'm excited to bring to you because today we get an opportunity to talk to one of the greats, a legend, not only in football, but a legend in life, a legend in leadership, a mentor of mine, somebody who's taught me so much in such a little amount of time. And so without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Johnny Rogers to the show. Johnny, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? <laughs> what's up dream nation all right tell them every day is game day every day is game day this is not, gonna be not every other day but every day you gotta be on it every single day that's right we in it to win it we in it to win it i love it now for anybody who does not know it's probably because they've been living under a rock and they probably don't follow football but for what you've done for the game has been magnificent but the way that I always thought of you, especially when you see the leadership that you have nowadays, you think of you like a superhero. And I always compare us as entrepreneurs and thought leaders to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on a cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And so my question for you is for anybody who's seen you on the football field or who sees you speaking, they see you with that S on your chest. But behind the scenes, what a lot of people don't know is who is that Clark Kent? And so for Johnny Rogers, tell us, who is that Clark Kent behind the scenes? Well, I think I'm a grandfather, a great fa- uh, great grandfather, uh, father, uh, I'm just a family guy. I'm just, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just, a, just a kid from Omaha, from, from Omaha. I call it against the current. You know, mm-hmm. the Omaha Indians. Uh, they went against that current all the time. And so now coming from, we have so many different people, uh, athletes and business leaders uh, all over that come from Omaha, Nebraska, that have went against that current and went on to do national and international great things uh, all over the world, like Bob Gibson, uh, the Hall of Fame baseball player, uh, Gail Sayers, the, the, great, the youngest guy to be inducted into the NFL Football Hall of Fame. Marlon Briscoe, the first black quarterback uh, in the NFL. Bob Boozer, the first black Olympian, uh, played for the Chicago Bulls. And Phil Wise, it goes on and on and on uh, right here in Omaha. We've gone against that current to go out there trying to make a difference. I love it. Now, when you're growing up, right, because what you've been able to do on the football field has been magnificent. But like I said, the leadership, did you feel like you always had that leadership quality when you were growing up or were you more of a shy, timid kid? And this is something that you developed over the course of, you know, your lifetime. Well, Katsunoma, I have to think that I was very shy and timid, you know, coming up. You know, uh, we, I was born, I remember living in the Omaha River Bottoms. I grew up in the Omaha River Bottoms. And that's where the poorest of the poorest came when they migrated to Omaha uh, to live. And so I, I came up uh, 
uh, with absolutely nothing. Um, my mother had me when she was 14 years old. Uh, and I didn't meet my father until I was 17 years old. So I had absolutely no leadership skills really at all. I had nothing to look for at all, except for whatever I was able to dream of and to, to create in my mind. Uh, first, uh, by visualizing it from other places, from other people, other things, and uh, just making some decisions on what I was going to do. And sometimes you don't know the things you can do, but I guess I was I was fortunate enough to not to know the things I couldn't do. <laughs> so, so all the things that I decided I wanted to do, I didn't know that they were impossible. When I was young, uh, somebody I heard somebody say that uh, about a hundred thousand dollars. $100,000 was the most money I ever heard in my life. Uh, and I really didn't know what $100,000 was because I didn't know about money, but it was like saying millions because I had never knew any idea. My mother told me to stop telling people that I was going to make $100,000 because they would think I would, was going to, that I would be crazy. And they'd take me out of the home and put out of the house, put me in a, some type of a boy's home if I, didn't cut, if I didn't quit telling people that I was going to make $100,000. And so... I remember that Tommy Davis from the Boys Club uh, called my mother one time and asked her to bring me down to the Boys Club so they could have a meeting. And uh, <clears throat> when we got down there, Tommy told my mother, said, Johnny, Johnny has very unique skills. You know, he has, he has talent, but he's in desperate need of a coach, somebody to teach him the finer points and strategies of the game. Over on the north side here, there's a guy named Josh Gibson, Bob Gibson's brother. And he, we think he's a world-class coach. If you can agree to me, Mrs. Rogers, that you can get Johnny to the to the practices and to the games all summer long, I'm willing to go talk to Josh Gibson and see if I can get Johnny on the team. And if I can do that, then Johnny's career would take a whole go to a whole new level. What do you think? And my mother said, Well, I don't think much of it. There's no way that I can get Johnny back and forth to the practices and do the games. And Johnny's only 11 years old. He don't really have a career. And then he said, I think he'd just be just fine where he's going, where, where he's at. So uh, he asked me, he said, well, Johnny, what do you think? And I told him, I said, Tommy, the only thing I want to do is make $100,000. <laughs> at 11 <laughs> years old. 11 years old. My mother hauled up and slapped me to the floor, you know, because I had embarrassed her. She told me not to say that, and I said it anyway. And Tommy told her, said, Mr. Rogers, don't, we don't want to, to do that. He said, uh, uh, you're right. Um, uh, John, John, only, you know, he's only 11 years old. He really don't have a career, but he had the direction and he, he had the dream, you know. But uh, uh, from that point on, I still went out every place I went and I told everybody I could think of that I wanted to make $100,000. And it came to a point where I got to uh, high school. I was an athlete of the year for the state of Nebraska. I was All-American in football, baseball, basketball, uh, Darner, everything. Uh, and I got drafted to the Dodgers to play. So I went out to the Dodger camp and I, I uh, <clears throat> made the team. I made the team. I went out my, into California and I met my father for the first time. That was I was 17 years old, the first time I met my father. And he came around uh, to kind of just be there for me when, when I was going through the camp deal. So I ended up making the camp uh, deal and I got a contract. They offered me $25,000. And I called my dad and I told him, I said, well, maybe my mother's right. Maybe black people don't make $100,000. So he said, no, black people do make $100,000. So he came and picked me up. He took me down to the uh, 
the USC stadium. Uh, and he showed me where uh, Mike Garrett and OJ Simpson had, had played. And he said they had made $100,000. So, hell, I said, well, maybe if I get to SC, I could make 100000 I come back to Nebraska and I'm trying to figure out how I can get to SC. And uh, Bob Devaney calls me up and wants, wants to get a meeting together. Charlie Washington, uh, we have the Charlie Washington Library named after him here. He was one of my mentors. He set up a meeting with me with Coach Bob Devaney. And so Bob came up uh, to see me and he told me that he wanted me to come to Nebraska and he had, he was going to recruit more black players than anybody else in history. And he was going to let them play. And if I came, what a difference I would make to the whole team. And so, you know, would I consider coming to uh, Nebraska? I told him, said, coach, you got a plan. I got a plan. I'm planning to go to SC because at that time they were only six and seven every year and, and they weren't, they weren't doing that well. Well, I went to uh, try to get to SC, but I played baseball and football. And so he came back to me and he told me that uh, he would give me a scholarship in football and a scholarship in baseball. I could play them all together, and then I would have a better chance of getting that $100,000. I do that, All-American two years, most win the Heisman Trophy, most valuable player in the country. I go to San Diego, and they offer me $50,000 a $50,000 contract, which was a lot of money back at that, that time. Yeah. But it wasn't $100,000. So I got my agent. I was my agent. And then I got another guy. We worked together. I called up Montreal and Montreal had my rights. And uh, I got off the plane and the owner of the, the team said, Johnny, he said, what is it going to take for you to bring that Heisman Trophy to Montreal and to, to bring that and play for the Alouettes? And I told him, $100,000. Right. And he said, okay. And I reached that goal. And I got the $100,000. Then Casanova heard somebody talking about a million dollars. I said, well, what is a million dollars? I said, well, a million dollars is 10 times the 100000 I said, damn. I said, I can't believe. What? I started thinking about $100,000. And Casanova, the next year, I, I, I uh, ended up signing the first million-dollar contract in the Canadian Football League. Wow. Because well, thoughts are not off, just things, thoughts are the cause of things. And if you can hold a thought long enough, you can truly have it. I love it. First off, let me ask, once you finally got the 100000 what was the first thing that you did? Do you remember? I bought a Ro yeah, I bought a Rolls Royce. Bought a Rolls <laughs> How much does a Rolls Royce cost? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it was 40 but it was financed. It, you know, it, it didn't, didn't really cost me all the cash. I bought my mother a house, got my mother a house, bought a Rolls Royce. Got a place in the Montreal and a place here in Nebraska. Uh, we got a couple houses set up. And they, those days you could do a lot with $100,000, especially right. financing it. 10% down, you could, that's almost like a million, uh, as long as you're just working right. So we did we did a few things. But at that time, like I said, I really had no idea what money was. I had no idea what $100,000 was, and I certainly didn't even have an idea what the million was. So it was, you know, we, we didn't have people with money to teach us money skills. So I knew how to make money, but I, it, it, especially throughout my life. But working money has been a whole different thing. Because, yeah. you know, money works 24 hours, don't take no time out, don't have sex, it don't date. <laughs> it just works. It just works. <laughs> it just works. Let me ask you this. How did you keep the belief that whole time that you were going to make $100,000 because there could be a lot of, obviously you got a lot of distractions. You're playing two sports, 
right? Rather than just one sport. So a lot of people are, oh, you got to go deeper into this or you got to do this. How did you keep your focus of feeling like you were going to get there? Was there a pastor that you had? Were you getting a part of a networking group of other people or, or people who had already made 100000 What did that look like for you early on in your career? Well, early on, you know, the first thing you got to do is you got to get from junior high school to high school, through high school. So through high school, then you got to get you got to get a scholarship to go to, to college, so you can actually play a sport to actually get a deal. From the from the uh, when you go to college, then you got three four more years where you have those opportunities you're going to build, and then you have another opportunity that's going to come. Well, mine came like I played baseball and football, and uh, he gave me that an opportunity to play in college, but he told me that uh, <laughs> I could put them together. All right, well, after a year or so in, in, in Nebraska playing a baseball and football, they came to me and they told me that they wanted me to give up baseball in order to play football because they had so many more ways they wanted to get me to ball. And I said, Coach, I can't believe you. You told me that if I came here that you would let me play both. You know I'm trying to get this $100,000. <laughs> you mess me around. I ain't very happy. But he told me that if I were to go for the deal willingly, that I would be the first person that they endorsed for the Heisman Trophy, and that would give me the opportunity. And it worked out. So um, my levels were kind of planned where the opportunity would show up. If I met certain goals along the way, then I would have more opportunities to get to that place. And I got to the opportunity where I really, $100,000 really wasn't that much money, and I didn't know it. So by the time I got to the hundred, a million dollars really wasn't worth that much, that much money again. So as long as I become the All-American, uh, I win the Heisman, I become All-Pro. When I got to be four times All-Pro, I got a million dollars. When I got to be All-American three times, I get, I get a hundred thousand. So the longer you're hitting your levels and you can see yourself progressing and meeting your goals and going along in the right direction, uh, then you keep it hope alive. Right. But after work, you know, but along the way, uh, I had some really setbacks. Uh, I had a, an incident the last day of school of uh, my freshman year uh, on a prank. Me and some guys who went out and on the way we were drinking in the room for the last day and everybody was partying all over campus. And we went out and on our way back uh, getting some gas and some liquor and all that. We robbed the gas station and got 90 bucks. Well, that went on for about a year before they came and picked me up. And they picked me up a year later and they took me to jail, took me out of school, took me out of everything. Uh, uh, I was out of it, period. And uh, I was really, really didn't even have an opportunity to play. Well, when we finally worked it out and I got back into the game, I had a lot of things to, that I had to overcome in order to get back to the point where I could even be considered for an All-American. I mean, you got to be pretty I'm the first guy, the only guy I know that had a felony uh, before I won the Heisman. Wow. And back so, in those days, so what would you attribute that to? Was it your relationships or did you just have a great sponsor? Because back in that day, it feels like, you know, everything was stacked up against you. Everything, everything. It was like winning. Winning is everything. But in Nebraska, we rated right up there with oxygen. So we won. And uh, being on TV a um, certain amount of times and performing well in the big games, in the bowl games, uh, the game of the century, uh, like a lot of exposure. I really had a great team of guys that were around me. So 
everybody was getting publicity all the time. And I've got mentioned in all the different type of things that they were. Our wins came about. We won our first national championship uh, back then. We won, then we won back-to-back national championships. So it was, although I had that incident uh, that came up, I ended up getting probation out of it. I still had to work my way up out of the hole, but because I did get an opportunity to do that and our team did so well and I did so well, I was able to, to be obvious that I was pretty much the best player in the United States of America at that time. And our team turned out to be the best college football team of all time. So had not that happened, that they were so good, I would not have been able to be so good to get that opportunity uh, to move up. And even though we did well, it's been a stigma. It's been hard to overcome. Yeah. Uh, I could have been to even greater uh, lift if I had that not had happened. And kids, we make all different types of mistakes at 16, 17 years old. Uh, but they, they don't forget them especially when you really do well. So, you know, you, you know, their kids just make mistakes. Our kids, we get, we get, we get it's for life. It's a lifetime deal. You just can't get around it. So you just got to, just one of the other, the, the barriers you have to work through and work over and uh, it teaches you perseverance. Uh, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but you know, you just can't quit. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you have a plan. You have to have, you know, success is not a secret. It, it's a strategy. You have a strategy for for success. You have to figure out the ways, how you're going to get this, how you're going to move there, who you're going to be around. And definitely when you when you make mistakes, I think if I had not had that mistake, I probably wouldn't have been the type of athlete that I was because I, when I went back, I went back with a tenacity to really work out to try to be the best person and the best player that I could be. I ran more stadium stairs than anybody. I caught 50, 100 passes after practice, hundreds and hundreds of passes after practice every day. Got more punt returns and the guy couldn't kick enough and uh, you know, I was catching them. Uh, but the thing that really happened is that the team saw, see, saw me working to this degree and they began to work even harder. Uh, they seen the tenacity of what I was putting in. So when I stayed after practice every single day doing these things, they started to stay out there too. So we got better and better and better. And had I not had that problem to get really back to another level and up, then they probably would not have had that same type of experience because we we did it together. Got it. The power of leadership, the power of being willing to be an outlier, right? And in the beginning, they'll ask you why you're doing it. But in the end, they'll ask you how you did it, right? That's, well, it's so powerful. the reason why I did it because I won $100,000. <laughs> 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 and, you, and you got there <laughs> and I got there, you know, and uh, I had to figure out different ways to get there. You know, like I said, I started off with I played in high school. I was uh, play football, basketball, uh, track and field and baseball. Well, then I took out the, the basketball and the, uh, the track and field. And then we ended up we went up, broke off off the baseball which I was probably better in baseball than I was in anything, but I just didn't have the opportunities back then. So I had to make a decision whether I was going to give up on baseball or football, but, you know, having been endorsed for the Heisman um, was the, the determining factor to make me go that direction. Otherwise I probably would have played baseball. Hmm. No, it's, it's so much power in that. And I love the perseverance that you you just talked about, because for a lot of people, right, there is that setback. And just like you said, we all have setbacks in life. 
But if you just have that hope and that belief and you keep fighting at the end of the day, you know, hopefully, you know, God willing, there's going to be a will that's made for you. And so I'm glad to see that, that you did it. And obviously that's how you set the example for all of us. When you were growing up, right, talk about what was your environment like as you're going through, not just your talent, but as you're going through college and then to the NFL, how much of keeping you going was your environment or was it purely just off of your own heart and hustle that knew you had it to get to this 100,000 or how much of it was people that were just really sheltering you to make sure that you could be all that you could be? Well, I think the reason why I'm a mentor is because I had mentors. I didn't have a father. I didn't have a father, but I had coaches. I had coaches and I had, you know, always three or four coaches because I played three or four sports uh, all the time. So I had people that were trying to get me in the right direction and telling me all the time that I could do this and I could be an All-American in every single sport I played. I was basically an All-American. So it was just a matter of really choosing which one that I was actually going to end up with. And I didn't really wasn't particular like I said I loved uh, them all I don't think basketball was going to be my sport because I was too short so I had to kind of cut that out they weren't really paying money for you to run track at that particular time so it really came down to football and the baseball but I did have Josh Gibson Bob Gibson's brother he taught Bob and he taught me Bob be, ended up being uh, uh you know all all pro all American all everything and so I was on those same lines to have my high school coach was uh, one of the best coaches, Coach Christie, uh, that we had here in town. And he developed me to go to Coach Tabani, who, who took me on to go to Marv Lee. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And so I had other people that were taking me to different levels uh, because I was able to take them and was a partnership. And what I learned during the team sports is that anything you can do by yourself ain't big enough. It's all Mm. about teamwork makes your dreams work. You don't win Heisman's by yourself or national championships by yourself. You don't build a great business or a reputation by yourself. It's always in conjunction with others. You make your greatest accomplishments and teamwork makes your dreams work. And I was able to always team up with different people to do different things. And without my team, like I said, without a team that we push to be, they are right now, if you look it up, We're going to have our 50-year anniversary here coming up for the game of the century. And they have been voted by ESPN and Sports Illustrated for the 1971 team as the greatest college football team of all time. Had they been the 10th best team of all time, I probably wouldn't have got the type of exposure that I would need to get to the levels that I got to. But because of the things that I was able to do and we were able to do together, it really made it enough to enhance my life. And we priced it more guys to the pros in than any other time in history up until that, that up to that time. Wow, man. It, it, and congratulations to you again. Again, when you see someone that has that magnitude of success, but then you also see how humble and how giving they still are. Right. It, it really says something to you about there's there's a guy I had on my podcast and he talked about success versus significance. 
Right. And this was Ken Jocelyn. And um, and he really, you know, honed in on it that most successful people, they first go off of the significance rather than the success. Right. And I think that for you, you've always strived to be significant, which means make an impact in someone's life. And that's why I said, you know, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to be mentored by you every time that you speak and we connect. So it's super powerful. I remember when we were talking one time and you told me the definition, your definition of Heisman. And what exactly, I guess, for the world to know, what is your definition of Heisman? I don't know exactly what you mean, but we call it he is man. And uh, that's what Heisman is. He is man. And you can be a better girl and a better boy and a better man if you just focus. Focus is F-O-C-U-S. You follow one course until you succeed. You got to keep your eye on your goals. And we're not human beings. We're humans becoming. And we can mm -hmm. if we focus on it, get better and better and better uh, because we don't have to stay in one place. We can do anything that we want to do if we really believe it, but you have to really believe in, in you first. And you have to team up with some other people to get to levels. Now, to just to make it, you can always make it on your own if you have creativity and ingenuity. But to really go to higher levels, you really got to team up with people and do things in a group. You know, like your podcast, you need a big audience. You need followers. You know, you, they can't, you can't do it by yourself. with just me and you talking. We just me and you talking. Right. But when it, when it goes out into the world, it becomes another thing. And we can lead other people to do uh, greater things. And I think that one of our biggest uh, assets that we have is that we have access. See, one thing that they keep us from most of the time is having access. When we have access to the opportunity to do the things, then you, you, you get believe in yourself. But a lot of people don't have access. They can't get a scholarship or they can't get a good education. They can't get on a good team. They don't have parents. They don't have access to what is necessary to get yourself really in the game. And so I help other people have access to my access. And that's one of the, the strengths that I have is that I can get into any door. Uh, I've been to the White House. I need. So anytime that I have something, a good idea, or business opportunity or whatever, I do have the opportunity to get it because more times than not, if I call, I get my calls returned. And so at least I have a shot. We have access. Yeah. So Pop, what, what keeps you going, right? Because that's, everybody hears the energy, they're seeing the energy and they're saying, wow. And you've already accomplished a lot, right? And you've already given back a lot to your community. What keeps you going every single day? Well, we come up with bigger ideas. You know, like I said, we're not human beings. We're humans becoming. And I, I think that some of the, I, I hope to do better things later as we go along here. And I've done in the past. I don't believe you can live on old newspaper clippings. So I, I, I can't live on what I've done. I right. got to keep doing things. And I think that's what will keep me young is to, to understand technology, uh, to hang out with people like you. Uh, you. You're an incredible young man yourself. You're going definitely in the right direction. And there's probably going to be things that you probably haven't thought about yet that we will be doing together because we're kind of out on the, some of the same avenues, doing a lot of the same things in the uh, leadership skills all around the country. So I stopped thinking about what we're going to do in the, in the, in the city here. I'm talking about things maybe we might be doing in Africa. Uh, I wanted to do uh, our Jetta War program. We'll probably go national here shortly uh, for the best punt return and kickoff guy in national and in, in, in the nation. Uh, that's a national program now. So that's, that's something that's going to come up. So your ideas get grow as you can see bigger. 
uh, when you when you have and, and you have different people that you're hanging around that have dreams, then their dreams catch on to your dreams, and y'all get bigger dreams. I love it. I love it. Are you a big reader? Like, are you a big, like what, I guess, where do you turn to for your knowledge, for, for your inspiration? What does that look like for you? Well, I'm one of those guys on YouTube. I listen to different speakers. Uh, whenever I'm in, in my car, I'm turning on somebody, some type of, some type of a motivational something going on that I might get some direction or I might get some more, uh, the lines that I might need to use or ideas or different things and people that I'm following, I'm trying to be coached uh, as I go along myself intensely and, uh, you know, by people that I admire and see what they're doing. And, you know, like I said, it's not, you know, the things that we're doing right now are just smaller things because we will get bigger and we will get better as we go along if we keep breathing and keep ourselves healthy. And I'm really a big hint into health. Uh, you know, I have a, a fairly decent diet. I don't do a lot of things to really tear myself down. I'm trying to build myself up all the time. So I know I have a shot. And all you need is a shot. You know, you know, a shot. You just need a shot. You got to stay in the game. Put me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love ready. it. I love it. You've been a, a world-renowned athlete at every level. Like when you see athletes now that are performing at, you know, the highest of level, Heisman-type levels, are you in awe by these newer athletes? Or is it like, nah, I know this is the type of workout he's doing because I was there? Well, when they get to be world-class, they, they are. They do have significant wor uh, uh, um, uh, workout schedules. But I'm noticing I watch tennis quite a bit, and I see people getting tired. And I wonder that you, whoever gets tired first loses. I can't believe that so many of them are not really in that type of a shape, are not making the type of commitment that it really takes to go to the next level. And they have trainers. They have access to all different types of trainers and things, but they're still getting tired. Uh, we, we would just run ourselves until, until we threw up. I mean, it what, wasn't nothing. I mean, just it, when you've done all you can do, and you work out as hard as you possibly can, and every everything you think you need to be doing, and you just can't do no more. You are only halfway there, mm. and you got to know that. See, you can't say, "Well, I've done enough." You have not done enough yet. You have not done enough, not because whoever gets tired first loses. So, I remember turning the corner and sprinting for for the goal line, and I, you know, I went through all different type of workout regimens to make sure I don't get tired first. And I just remember thinking I can always know when they got tired, they let off. And if they could have held on just a little bit longer, I might have quit. But I was in good enough shape. I was in world-class shape. And I, I never never got caught from behind. Uh, I was the only guy in college football never had a fair catch on a punt return. Uh, you know, we always always had enough energy to make that, make that difference because I realized that whoever got tired first lost. And so I didn't really want to be the one to get tired first. So I wanted to make sure that all the time that I was competing, they had to be in world-class condition. And I, my team was. We, we it, you know, it's just an attitude. It's an attitude. You're going to work out. Let's work out hard. I love it. That's, and, you know, that's so, 
that's something that we could all take in life, right? Like whoever gets the per, the person who quits first loses, right? You can never fail if you don't quit. And the only time that you actually fail is when you quit. So you got to be willing to weather well, the storm. Well, you only quit when you get tired. <laughs> when you get tired. <laughs> Fatigue makes cowards of us all. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, I've been tired now. I've been so tired I want to quit first, but I'm not quitting, you know, giving up first. And you might lose a little this and that and other, but you still got to give up whatever you got at that point. If it ain't, if you got to crawl or roll or whatever you got to do, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit more than the next guy that you're competing against because whoever gets the tired is going to just lose it. So you just got to make sure that you take the step knowing that ahead of time. To, to do more than other people are doing if you want to get to the places that they're not going to. It's like you talked about reading. You got to read more. You got to study more. You got to practice your speeches more. You got you to just do all the different things a little bit more than you think you should be doing. Because like I said, when you think you've done all you can do, you're only halfway there. So do some more. Do, do some, some more. more. <laughs> do some more. I don't get yeah. tired. Let me ask well, I get tired, but, uh, but I, I'm, not, I'm not quitting. But I'm not quitting. Oh, I, no, I you respect can throw up, you. You can throw up. You can shit on yourself. You can piss on you. You can do whatever you can do, but you just can't quit. Just can't not quit. For any, on anything big or small, or it will become a habit. There you have it. You'll always find a reason to, that you can quit if you start. And you never know when you're going to have a breakthrough, you know? I mean, you're going to have a breakthrough. I can't imagine how many times that I made my goals at the wire. Hmm. Just at the wire, I got wire burns all over my body. <laughs> I'll tell you, it don't come easy. It just come, other people just let down and you just went by because you were still there. You That's know, because you didn't champion. quit. That's yeah, you got to stay, stay in the game. Stay in the game. If there they was just one, not giving shit away. Yo, I, I hear you there. If there no. was one uh, thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner, to accelerate your path on your journey and to where you are today, what would that one thing be? Well, I, to learn how money works. Uh, like I said, you, you work money. Uh, I have no, I, I have never bought stocks. Well, I bought them, but I've never really focused on it because I don't know really never had the training in it. Uh, not having parents. I, I was the first person in my whole family to, to graduate from high school. You know, period. Nobody had no guidance whatsoever. I, I don't, I, I don't know. My grandmother, grandparents, no, I don't even know if they even have them went to school. You there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, uh, we didn't have any education. We didn't have any education. Had anybody in the family had any education? Now my, uh, I have three daughters, and they all have master's degrees. Mm. I have three sons. Two of them have degrees. You know, or another one of them is, 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 a, is has a, a, a CDL license. He 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 drives truck driver. Still makes seventy five a year, but they've all done well. I have my I have grandkids now that are getting degrees and 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 and, and going on to be lawyers and doctors. I mean, we 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 promote education now. But it started here. And so I just couldn't get it all. I couldn't really do it all. Uh, so I just did the things that I was good at. And the time passes you by. So many things. The thing that you really keeps you young. Oh, my God. 
It's funny. Something keeps happening here. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. If you, if you don't keep up with technology, I think. I mean, I don't, I'm not that really technology savvy, but I try to keep up as much as I can because as long as I can keep up with the technology, I can, I can stay in the game. But the kids are able to have more technology and they're able to, to show their genius and they understand the teamwork and they have support. You know, when you, the people before me, like my grandmother and grandfather, the people, my aunts and uncles before me, they really just didn't have a shot because they had no idea about education whatsoever. And they did, half of them couldn't read, couldn't write. My grandfather really couldn't read or write it at all. And he was a breadwinner for the family. He worked at Cuddy Hay Packing House. He made more money than my mother and father, grandma, everybody at the packing house, and he couldn't read or write. When we lived down on 10th and Locust, down the Omaha River Bottoms, down there, he built the little house, the little, the little house that we, we lived in. We didn't have running water. We didn't have, a, you know, a, no electricity. <laughs> we did candles. We had well water. Uh, we had an outhouse. I mean, they were just getting started, but they, they took us to another level where I could at least see some things that were possible, mm -hmm. things that were possible that they really wanted for me. And I was able to get my mother into our high school diploma, you know, after me. And then to get my kids. I had my first kid when I was 14. By the time I was 19, I had four kids. Wow. These kids that we're talking about, they have the master's degrees now. They came early. Well, and then my, my other two girls, they came later on, Johnny Rogers. So that was why you now. needed to make 100000 <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's why I need to make a million too. <laughs> right. right now, I got like uh, 13, 14 great grandkids. I still got to have mine. Yeah. And I got about 11, 12 grandchildren. You know, you know but they're all doing well. So yeah. I understand the direction. And so we, we don't tolerate it. They have, they, we want education is not part of your life, education is life itself. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just life itself. You got you got to be working on trying to be the best human being that you can. I and that's, that. your, that's, that's your goal, you know, to be the best you can and be honorable. You can't be lying and stealing and cheating. You got to do it in an honorable way. Uh, so because people don't need to see you as long as you know, you got to like yourself. If you don't like yourself, you're probably really going to give up hope. I think about it sometimes. How can people commit suicide? And I think the only reason why the person could commit suicide, they've done something so bad that they're ashamed of themselves or they just can't forgive themselves for doing it. Otherwise, I can't. That's that's the big quit. You know, God's not going to take you anywhere if you if you take your own life. You just quit to that degree. Got to so, stay in but, the game. Got to stay in the game. Got to want to because you like you. You know, the things that you're doing, you know, I mean, you got to like you. But if you start quitting, you give up. You're not going to like yourself. Right. If you do devious things, you're not going to like yourself. You're not going to respect yourself. And others are not going to respect you because you don't respect you. I respect that for sure. This has <laughs> been a phenomenal conversation, my brother. Uh, I want to be the first one to say, if no one else has told you today, thank you. And I definitely appreciate you. For anybody who wants to stay in touch with you, where can they find you at? Well, I have uh, the, the .com, uh, jrspeaking com uh, is my website, and my uh, other website is uh, is uh, is uh, thejetaward.com. They can contact me. I have numbers on both of those. Got it. Perfect. Okay. Well, 
the last question that I have for you that is uh, one that I like to ask everybody. There's somebody out there super inspired by your story, but they have that little, and they want to blaze a path similar to what you've done and all the accomplishments and how honorable that you still are now. But they have that little voice in their head and that little voice says that they're not smart enough, they're not strong enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you would leave this person with to get them to just take action? Well, I, I, I think, I guess, my your spirit, you have to realize that there is a spirit, there is a, a being that's out there. And if you do good things, good things will happen to you. The creator sends me help all the time. I, I don't make every time by the wire, by the pants of my skinny skin, skin. Like I said, I got wire burns all over my body, but I have angel help. I have, I have spirits. I believe in things. To be a spiritual warrior, you have to be able to, to prove, see things, prove things you don't see. Uh, so you have to believe that there's a stronger being out there, that they have a plan, and you're part of that plan. And that's why you don't give up, because you're giving up on God, you're giving up on the Creator, uh, and you, you're giving up on, on your people. And angels will come in to help you. Spiritual intervention will come and uh, to push you to the next level if you're going in the right direction. Uh, if you're going in the wrong direction, you probably keep going that way too. But law, the law of increasing returns, if you take a step in the right direction, it will keep you going that direction. If you give a little push, you're probably going to be on your way. And if you don't quit and you believe in yourself and you like yourself and you're really trying to do the right thing, it's not because it's for you. You're a spiritual warrior and you're doing it because the creator, that's your job. That's why you sit here. That's your job. To team up with others, to help part of the other, other angels that are around here, that's your job. And the, the big eye is watching, you know, <laughs> and you it's at some point in time, you won't have to want know whether you're going to go to heaven or hell. You can judge yourself on the things that you do all the time with whether you like yourself or not. And if you like yourself, you're probably going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Well, again, I want to say thank you. If nobody else has told you today, my brother, I appreciate you and all that you've done uh, to give back not only to me, but the community. Remember, Dream Nation, just as he said, you got to take action because if you do not, what we all know is that dream that you have and we all have a dream will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on well, the next one. Tell them to dream with their eyes open, though. You can't dream with your eyes closed. You got to be able to see your dream. Got to be able to see it. So open your eyes. Reality. That's right. Open your eyes. Love it. I love it. <laughs> That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you too. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.